0: Okay, so today's daf is the beginning of Masechet Rosh Hashanah, new Masechet, uh, first Perek and first Amud, of course. And basically Masechet Rosh Hashanah deals with uh, various firsts of the year, various uh, Rosh Hashanim, as it's going to say. There's not just one Rosh Hashanah that like we think of. And it gets into a discussion of Kiddush Chodesh since Rosh Hashanah, the holiday, is also Rosh Chodesh. So it gets into a lot of the dinim of Rosh Chodesh and Kiddush Chodesh, And of course then, um, it spends time dealing with the holiday of Rosh Hashanah itself, the tefilot of Rosh Hashanah, Tkiyat etc., etc. All of that is in this relatively small uh, Masechet. But actually, there's a lot of sugyot that are very Halakha in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. There's some nice agada, So it's a little bit more mixed than Masechet Beitzah. Masechet Beitzah was almost purely halacha. Uh, this is a little bit more uh, of a, a mix, admixture of uh, Agadah and Al-Acha together. And, uh, you know, very, uh, I think there's a lot to learn and a lot of different subjects to what uh, we get to explore in this Masechet. So, Arba Rashi There are four Rashi Shanim, not just the one that we think of, but there are four uh, firsts of the year. Bechad Ben Nisan, The first of Nisan is considered the Rosh Hashanah with respect to... Kings, and we're going to see why it's important to determine when the uh, king's Rosh Hashanah is. Uh, it has to do with um, mainly with uh, dating of uh, of documents. That they dated documents by the year of the king. Rashi says it's because of Shalom, because of Shalom Malchut, because we want to keep peace with the authorities. So therefore, we use their date, the date of their king, to uh, to identify uh, when a document was uh, signed. So the Gemara is going to go more into that. Also for holidays, uh, what is considered the first holiday of the year Pesach, there is significance to that. Actually, we touched upon that a bit in Masachid Betza also, that the order of the holidays has halachic significance. So saying that Rosh Hashanah of the holidays is Nisan has some implication. The first of Elul is Rosh Hashanah Le Ma'asar That's the Rosh Hashanah for Tithing of animals. Now we know that the animals that are born, they have to be tithed. The one tenth of the animals that are born. How do you know which group to tithe with which group? In other words, you can't just keep the animals giving birth for three, four, five years and then have one big um, tithing <laughs> event where you take a ten percent. It has to be that you only tithe uh, a group that was born in the same year, so that the animals that you have in that, uh, you know, in that collective are. The animals that were born in the same calendar year, and then you let them come out one at a time, and every tenth becomes ma'asir and so on. That can only be done with animals that were born in the same year. And the cutoff is the first of Elul, um, according to the Tanakamari. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon. Actually, this too follows uh, the first of Tishrei, as it's Rosh Hashanah, not the first of Elul. So you have a machlok at there already. Rosh Hashanah, shanim. So we know that with regard to counting the number of years, Rosh Hashanah is the first of Tishrei, also for Shemitah that we're in now, counted from the beginning of uh, Rosh Hashanah, of the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, being the first of Tishrei, also the Yovel, which we don't have nowadays, but were we to have it, it would begin on uh, Rosh Hashanah, also for planting, also for the vegetables. In other words, when it comes to uh, measuring the number of years that a uh, of a plant to determine the halachot of Orla. we want to know how long the plant has been around, when it was when it was planted, so we can know what is considered to be the um, what is considered to, when it's considered to be in its first year, second year, third year, and so on. There's actually a lot of complications about that; it gets a little bit more complicated than that. But the simple way of uh, at this point, before we get into the nitty gritty details, we will come up later, is that it's the cutoff for when we celebrate the birthday of the tree. Uh, with respect to uh, With respect to Ola And Yerakot also Vegetables that again In order to take Truman Maasir From an item It has to be only taken From a group of vegetables That were uh, That were grown in the same year So that The definition of the cutoff Of same year Is uh, the first of Tishrei Bechad Bishvat Le'ilan When it comes to um, When it comes to uh, Fruit of a tree Okay When we're talking about Maasir Okay, we're talking about maaser of the tree. We're not talking about orla anymore. Nitiya was orla. That was talking about the age of the tree, whether the fruit is considered orlah is considered fruit that we're allowed to, to take and benefit from or not. Now we're talking about how do you know which uh, family, so to speak, of fruit a certain batch of fruit is with to take ma'asir from, only from fruit that was born all in the same year. So that that goes by the first of Shvat, according to Tivri Bet Shammai in what we know, which is two Shvat that we all recognize, the fifteenth of Shvat as the cutoff for uh, tree fruits. Now Rashi explains when it comes to when it comes to fruits, uh, we go achar chanata. We go by when it became formed, when the fruit became formed on the tree. When it comes to vegetables, vegetables, we follow batar uh, lekita we go by when it was picked. Whatever was picked in the same calendar year is tied together. When it comes to uh, fruits, we go by when it was formed on the tree. Even if it wasn't picked in the tree, in the year that it was formed. So we have here, basically, more or less uh, uh, dates that are close to each other. If there are, is a little bit of machloket, the Gemara will discuss the machloket um, in due time. But the, the Gemara first wants to know, uh, what difference does it make dating the king in other words how do, why do we have to know what year of a king's reign is the current year and uh of the shtarot, the relevance is with respect to documents and there is a halakha that um as we're going to say ditnan shitwechovam muktamin psulin gam because uh because documents that are that are predated documents are invalid. If they are post-dated, they're valid. Now, what, what's the reason for that? Because let's say a person lent some money to his friend at a certain period of time. Now, technically speaking at the moment of the loan, everything that, is, uh, that belongs to the person who, uh, who took the loan is mortgaged basically, is, you know, has a lien on it uh, to pay off the loan. Um, and in in that's so what ha- there's a there's relevance because if let's say the guy who took the loan sold the property yesterday and then he borrowed money from you today, um, or he sold the property yesterday and he made some other transaction the following day, you can't now blame the person who bought something from him yesterday for what he did after that that transaction was already over. That's not fair, right? So what? So that's why if I if I lend money today or there's a transaction that occurs today I can't predate it why because if I come to the bedin, if let's say on the 3rd of Cheshvan, a person or the you know they you know on the 3rd of Mar Cheshvan, a person uh, 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 sold a property and then on the 4th of Mar Cheshvan, he took a loan so if I write in the document of the loan that actually the loan was given on the 2nd of Mar Cheshvan, so now somebody if I default on the loan my lender can go and take the property that I sold on the 3rd of Mar Cheshvan. And that's not fair because the guy that I sold it to on the 3rd of Mar Cheshvan, at that time, my coast was clear, my debt was clear. He had nothing to worry about. He checked the title, insurance and everything. There was nothing, you know, there was no issue with the uh, with that. So, uh, But since I predated it, it makes it look like he's entitled to taking property to satisfy the uh, obligation beyond what he's actually entitled to. If I post-date it, I'm disadvantaging the uh, Uh, the lender, and I'm giving an advantage to the people I did business with, and that's okay because what I'm not allowed to do is throw my problem on somebody else. If I decide I want to post-date the uh, loan and say that it really took place later so that there's even less things that the lender uh, can take and he's willing to do that, then fine. But I can't do that at Al Khishbon Mishuachir. I can't basically let the uh, let the lender take things that he's not entitled to. So you can't predate. So why is that significant? So it's significant to know exactly what year it is. Because if we don't know what year, if we're dating by the years of the king and we don't have a cutoff, Rashi explains a case. Meaning if you if you had a situation, Rashi has sort of a detailed case here, but basically, if you had a case where it says in the, uh, in the document that the loan took place in in Kislev um, in the third year of the king, okay? And the uh, and the people who uh, signed on it, so the Edim, you can do something in Halacha, which is you can take Edim and say, write down and sign that I'm telling you I owe Bob a million dollars. And I'm saying it in front of Edim. And they can make it, they can write it down. So you say, look, This guy came and told us to write it down on such and such day, but we never saw the actual transaction. We did see a transaction of this Bob to this uh, borrower of that amount of money on a certain date, on Tammuz of the third year. So the question is, normally Tammuz is before Kislev. If we're counting from Nisan, Tammuz is before Kislev. But if we're counting, let's say from any random date, like one king might have been appointed to his position in, uh, in Tevet, one could have been pointed to his position In Marcheshvan, one has been pointed to his position So the, in Elul, let's say So now if that king's first year doesn't end until the next Elul Or the, you know, or the next, uh, you know right, the, right before the next Sivan, uh, the next uh, uh, Av Right, the next the end of the next Av So it's going to mess everything up Because I can't tell just from looking at the month and the year whether one thing took place before the other, because I'm going to have to know exactly when that king came into power. One king came into power in Elul, the end of his year is the end of Av. The other one came into power in uh, Iyar, the end of his, you know, the end of his is uh, going to be in Nisan. So it's going to be all mixed up. So therefore, uh, the rabbis made a fixed time. They said Nisan is the cutoff, period. So always it will be, always it will be that Tammuz comes before Kislev all the time. Because no matter what, whatever, if the king was appointed a day before, as we're going to say, a day before the first of Nissan, he's in year two when Nissan comes. We never mess around with that. That way, um, we never have a problem. We don't have to remember the exact date or month when a particular king uh, came to power, uh, and, and that just makes it, it makes it more uh, reliable in terms of people not messing up the order of events, how they happened, because when all you have in front of you is written down, Kislev and Tammuz, and it says the third year of the king. So what year does that correspond to? Because I can't remember exactly where that king came to power. This way it makes it simpler. That's the way that Rashi has. So Safod has a little bit of a different issue. He says, no, it doesn't make sense that the Beddin wouldn't know exactly when things happened and what the dates are. So he says, instead it has to do with the Sofer, basically that the guy who is writing a document might be off by one day and think that, oh, this king came into power on the second, second day of Nisan, really was the first day of Nisan. And so he thinks that the first of Nisan is still the first year, but actually it's really the second year um, uh, for that king. And then he's going to mess it up. And so this way that every king's year is renewed in Nisan, so we don't have any problems of charting a particular king for a sofer who could make a mistake more easily about just one day. Right? That's the way the Tosafot says. But either way, the point is, it's to make it standardized. Put simply, it's to standardize the dating so when I look at a document, I know what happened first and what happened next. That's all. Now, the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, Melech she'amad b'asurim v'tisha badar, if a king stands up, meaning he becomes, he takes power, on the 29th of Adar, echad benisan, alta lo shana. as soon as it comes to the first of Nisan, he's in the second year. Even though he only had one day in the previous year. However, if he started his position on the first of Nisan, he doesn't get to say that he's in the second year until next Nisan. In other words, ironically, a difference of one day can lead to a difference in a year. Because one king was appointed on the 29th of Adar, the next day he's considered in the Shana shnia second year. The other guy was appointed on the first of Nisan, he hasn't had 365 more days to go until he's in the second year. That's the way it works. Now, Amar Mor, the master said, Melech Ba'adar, Echad Nisan So what do you see from this Halakha? That if a person is, a, that if a king takes power on the 29th of Adar, as soon as it comes the first of Nisan, he's considered to be in the second year. First of all, the Nisan first of all, we see from this that the Halakha, is substantiated. That Nisan is the beginning of the year for kings and the yom echad b'shana chashuv shana. Yom echad b'shana chashuv shana means even though I only ruled for one day of the previous year, it's considered to be my second year when Nisan comes. You have to have it that way. Otherwise, you get into the same problem that we have uh, in any other case. You have to know exactly how many days was it. Did it really count as the first year, second year? It comes too complicated. Now, Im lo amad Ela b'chad b'nisan en moni no shana nisan Now, that sounds obvious. In other words, if he, if he didn't take his position until the 1st of Nisan, so obviously, he doesn't, he's not counted in the second year until the next 1st of Nisan. What's the chidush? It says, no, because In other words, you might have thought that since we appointed the king in Adar, even though he didn't take possession of the position, so to speak, he didn't rise to the position until Nisan, maybe he'll say since he was appointed, he was elected already, so we consider him to be In the position already and in the second year. Nope. It only goes by the day of the coronation, basically, when he becomes the official king. In other words, if you have a king who uh, dies in Adar and the other king takes over right away in Adar, so the the year counts for both of them. In other words, it's it's whatever year it was for the previous king that died, plus the first year of the new king that took over. And you could date the Shtarot whichever way you want. Now If the king died in Nisan, and another person is appointed in Nisan, he rises up in Nisan. So again, they each get a piece of the pie. In other words, they were both kings during that year. It's the previous, it's whatever year it was to the king that died. And it's the first year for the king that was just uh, put in power. Okay if the first king died in Adar and the new one started in Nisan, it seems pretty obvious. In other words, if the previous king died in Adar, the new king comes along and he's appointed in Nisan. So obviously there's no overlap in that case and they're not going to, we're not going to give, uh, one is at their last year, whatever year that was, and the other one is in the first year. Now Amar More the Master said, <laughs> it seems obvious. If one dies and the other one takes over in Adar, it's the whatever the last year was for the previous king and it's the first year for the new king. <laughs> you might have thought that you can't give the same year to two people. In other words, Rashi says, <laughs> You might have thought that for consistency's sake. Once there's one king in charge during that year, we're always going to call it the X number year of that king. We're never going to transfer it over to the other one until that year is over. You might have thought that because it's too confusing. Answer is no, we can do either way. If the first king died in Nisan, the next one comes in Nisan, again, seems obvious. If one guy dies, one king dies in Nisan, the next one rises up in Nisan, obviously counts for both. So in other words, you might have thought this is a chidush because you might have thought that actually we saw at the end of the year. In other words, that the king got appointed or took power the day before the year was up. So we counted for him the previous year as year one. But if you are taking over in Nisan, you might have thought that starting in Nissan wouldn't work like that. Rashi says, right, we can count that as a whole year. But Lo Yom um, Shana. In other words, the idea is that you might have thought that if the king dies in the beginning of the new year, he doesn't, you don't get to call it his year because he died in the beginning of the year. Right? That's what Rashi is saying. He says, once he dies, Once the king dies, we can't call it, you might have thought that you can't call the whole year his year. He died in Nisan. What you're going to say uh, three months later, this is the such and such year of the, the, the king that died, he's dead. Why would you do that? No, the answer is since he ruled during this year, it's legitimate, the point is, it's legitimate to write in the shtar, either the year of the king that died, which is accurate, that was his X year, whatever that year was, 10th year, whatever, or it's uh, or it's the year of the new, first year of the new king. They're both correct. Okay, now, um, uh, the Gemara says, mid badar, so you have no overlap. One died in Adar, the next one rises in Nisan. The first king, his year ended in Adar. So obviously that's his year. And then the new one that comes in Nisan, that's his year. So what, what's the Chidush? The Gemara has to add something new because each one of these clauses in the bright thought is just saying, you know, a new halacha. It's over, Now there's nothing left to add. So it says, oh, it must be a chidush that even though they already decided, in other words, when the first king died in Adar, they knew who the new king was going to be. They appointed him and he was the son of the previous king. So he was like, in a way, literally grandfathered in, meaning he was like destined to be the next king. It wasn't even really a process. It was a known thing. It was like whoever wins the, pri- the Democratic primary in Washington, D.C. is the mayor. That's it. You know, they don't have, a, they don't have a real election, right? So, it's, it's just automatic. They, 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 they said this is the son of the king, so he's, got, so they knew already from Adar. So maybe you'll say that in a way he was kind of like the king already in Adar because everybody knew. Nope, since he formally didn't take power until Nisan, it doesn't count for him. How do we know that we count the years of kings from Nisan? So he says, because Shilamar, it was 408 years that Sidney Sell Meiritz Mitzrayim, Shilamar, if we eat, Bechodej Ziv, who, Bechodej Shashani the Melch Shlomo Ali Israel. So, uh, uh so th- this is the, uh, uh, this is the, uh, Pasuk that's describing right before the, uh, dedication of the Beta Mikdash by Shlomo Amelech, and it says that in the 480th year from Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which was the fourth year, Okay, which was the second month. Of, in other words, it was the uh, it was the fourth year, the second month of Limloch Shlomo al Israel that Shlomo Amalech was uh, ruling Israel, and he built the Mizbech. So, what's the point? The point is that it's counting his reign four hundred and eighty years. It's counting it from Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. So, even though it says the you know it's talking about the uh, second month, but still it's saying that he's in he's it's counting the years from Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. So, therefore, you see that the king's reign is counted from Yitzhak Mitzray. So it says, Malkish, Malkhut Shalomo, Yitzhak Mitzray, Mai Minisan. Just like Yitzhak Mitzrayim, obviously, we count from Nisan. Af Malkhut So too, Malkhut Shalomo, Shlomo's uh, kingship is counted from Nisan. Mitzrayim, Kufa, min Maninan. How do you know that we count the years of Yitzhak Mitzrayim from Nisan? Maybe once we were out of Egypt, we should just start counting the years from Rosh Hashanah in Tishrei like we do uh, for the calendar. Well, how do you know we should come from Yitzhak Mitzrayim? From Nisan. Deal, Mom, Yitzhak. I'm not going to take that. I don't think that. Because it says that Aaron went and died in the 40th year after the Jews had left Egypt. The first day of Av, right? first day of Av, he died. And it says, And it also says, Then Moshe Rabbeinu started giving a speech in the beginning of the book of Dvarim in the 11th month uh, and the 1st of the month. Okay, so that's seemingly 6 months later. From the fact that both the uh, Av and the Shvat are in the same year, Okay, so you see from that, Miklal, the Rosh Hashanah, Lav Tishreiu. Obviously, they're not counting from Tishrei, because if Av was in the 40th year, and Tishrei was the Rosh Hashanah, so that would mean that by the time you get to Shvat, it's a new year already, because you passed uh, Tishrei. If you say it goes by Nisan, so Av and uh, Shvat will be in the same, uh, will be in the same year. But if you're gonna say that it goes by Tishrei, so then it should have been in the 41st year, when, by the time Moshe Rabbeinu gave a speech. How do you know, in other words, it says specifically that Aaron died 40 years after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. How do you know that when it comes to uh, uh, the speech of Moshe was counting from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Maybe it was going by the uh, building of the Mishkan. We're going to see uh, later on. He made a Gzirah Shavah that the word shnat. Teaches you a connection between the shnat esrim shnat esrim that the gzera shavah hachanami shnat arba'im shnat arba'im gzera will say that the fact that it mentions shnat arba'im we'll see what the gzera shavah of Papa is later but right now the point is that it says shnat arba'im twice we assume it means counting from the same thing itzad mitzrayim ma ka itzad mitzrayim. Just like it was counting from Yitzayat Mitzrayim when it was determining the death of Aharon Akohen, so too when it's talking about Moshe Rabbeinu's speech, it's counting from Yitzayat Mitzrayim. And that means that Shvat and Av can only be in the same year if you're counting from Nisan to Nisan. They can't otherwise not be in the same year. Now the thing is, still, how do you know? How do you know that what happened in Av was first? Maybe Aaron died after the speech of Moshe Rabbeinu. I've known many people who fall asleep during Rabbi's speech. Die, I haven't heard. But uh, maybe something new. Maybe what happened in Shvat, in other words, when Moshe Rabbeinu started giving a speech, right? Maybe what happened there was first, right? And afterwards was up. So we're really counting from Tishrei. We're counting forward. In other words, first Moshe Rabbeinu started giving a speech in Shvat, then it continued on. And then Aaron, Uh, dies in Av, and we're counting from Tishrei to Tishrei, not from Nisan to Nisan, and it would be in the same year. So it says no, because... (laughs) It won't work, because we know that Moshe Rabbeinu mentions in his speech that they had defeated Sihon and Og, and that definitely happened after the death of Aaron. How do we know that that definitely happened after the death of Aaron? Because we know it says that the... um, the Kenani, the king of Arad, heard. famous to Asha. What did he hear? And this is right after the death of Aaron. Right? What did he hear? He saw that the clouds of glory that were there in the Zuchud of Aaron were gone. And so he thought he would be able to fight against the Jewish people. That's why it says that the, everyone saw that Aaron had died. But if you add a Yud in there, it becomes... They were afraid because Aaron died. With two Yuds. Meaning because when Aaron died, it left them now exposed and vulnerable to attack. And the attack happened. And then later on, of course, Sihon and Og were taken down as subsequent to that. So you see that all of these wars happened after the death of Aaron, not before. And Lakish, like there are four meanings of the word ki. E, which is if Dilma, which is perhaps Ella, rather, or Deha, for behold, right? Deha. So what does it mean? That the people and Rashi gives examples of all of them here, right? So, but the point is that in this case, we're saying that what they saw was uh, that uh, that Aharon. They were afraid because Aaron died, right? They were afraid of it. It's not saying that they uh, that they they just saw that he died, but they were afraid because he died, right? And um, and so therefore we see what we see that the wars that they conducted happened after the death of Aaron because that was when they became afraid that uh, that they were going to be attacked. Me Dame is that really comparable? Hatam kenan hachas Sichon, but that's talking about the, the the fight against Kenan, which was a king of Arad, not against Sichon. Ah No, it's really all the same person because just three different names, they're all the same person. Sihon is That the reason why he's called uh is because he's similar to a uh it's like a type of a donkey, right? In the uh in the uh desert. And Kenan that was the name of the place he was the king over. Umashemo Aradshemo, and his real name was Arad. Or Arad Arad. It could be that he was similar to this creature, this Arad, who was like a Bamidbar, which uh, is a dangerous creature. Kenan Okay, so basically the point is that because we're assuming that that, that fight with the Kenani Melech uh, Arad was conducted after the death of Aaron because it says they were afraid. As a result of Aaron's death They became afraid They didn't just see that he died But they were afraid because he died And since they were afraid because he died Why were they afraid? Because it left them exposed And, um, and, and then they in, got into this war So you see that these wars took place After the death of Aaron And if Moshe Rabbeinu's speech References the war So obviously it must also have taken place After the death of Aaron Which leaves us with the timeline That Aaron's death happened in Av Moshe Rabbeinu's speech happened in Shvat the war between the Jews and Sichon happened somewhere in between those two. And since we're counting from Nisan to Nisan, it's all in one calendar year, as opposed to if we counted Tishrei as the new calendar year, that the then Moshe Rabbeinu's speech would perforce be in the 41st year and not in the 40th. So that's a good place to stop. It's going to revisit a lot of this in the next Amud, but we could literally read through, uh, I think like uh, all the way to the next uh, daf and it's continuing the same line of analysis of the dates, but Bezwarashem Hashem will take it tomorrow.